Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat and Rose Show. And guess what? Today, no Rory McKernan. I know, I know, it's going to be hard. I'm, I'm going to miss him as well. But Roe is uh, selfishly putting his family and his children ahead of his work. And so he's off on a little vacation, and I'm doing the podcast here solo. So don't worry, Rory will be back. Today, I've got Pat Vellner, Canadian extraordinaire. Third and fourth, the last couple years at the games, absolutely killing it, and just a down to earth, laid back character. I've only gotten the opportunity to speak with him a handful of times, and I have enjoyed it every single occasion. He's level headed, he's got a great outlook, and man, he packs so much into his day, it boggles my mind. So, those of you that don't think you can compete at a high level because you're juggling some other tasks, Pat will let you know that's not the case. So without further ado, let's get to the show. And Pat, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pat. You know, the name just symbolizes strength. I know, right? It makes me feel more comfortable. <laughs> strength and success. I knew right away, first time I heard about this young up-and-coming athlete, said, this kid has a future. This, kid, <laughs> this kid's got something behind him. So... You know, I've been stalking you as professionally for a while now. Of course. You know, uh, 2015, you went to the games on a team. Last two years as an individual, you exploded onto the scene. How does it feel to be famous? <laughs> I'm cross-famous. I think we're, we're famous in a very small context, but uh, that's fun. I mean, it's fun to go uh, go compete places and have people know you and be excited about what you're doing and and just that people are excited to follow your your journey through the sport and and hopefully maybe get involved in fitness and and you inspire some people along the way so it's cool it's fun i mean i i definitely have in my life a little bit of a dichotomy and that i can go away and and compete at the games and and be like be a big deal for a week and then come home and be completely anonymous again like come back to school and people are happy for me but no one really cares that much and so I sort of got to get back to reality and do my work. And, and I mean, I'm just the same as everybody else in, in that context. So um, it's fine. Like I said, my friends are, are happy for me, happy I'm successful, but uh, no one really cares that much. If anything, I probably get teased over, over it. Right. I understand. I'm curious. Uh, you know, I, I said that, you know, in, in, in good fun, but it actually now has me thinking down a road that fascinates me a bit. I don't you know. What kind of a person are you? Are you social and outgoing or are you reserved for example you go to the games where in that microcosm of society everybody does know you people want photos or whatnot is that an enjoyable experience or are you like crowds aren't your thing kind of stresses you out a bit you know like you appreciate it but you're like yeah you know where do you fall on that scale um i enjoy it i think it's I think it's important to remember that um, we're only able to do what we do and have it be exciting and fun and a big deal because people enjoy it and are inspired by it and, and are willing to come watch and cheer for you. So when you have that that uh, crowd around you and you got to take a few photos, I mean, that's part of the game. Like that's that's the fun part sometimes. And I mean, it is I understand we're there to sort of do a job, especially at the games. You You can't let your mind wander too far, but. Um, I think it's okay for you to just sort of take a step back and enjoy that stuff. And people in general, in my experience, a lot of athletes are are super high strung at the get the games. And it just, <laughs> right. It, like I don't think you do yourself any favors doing that. Um, 
staying just fully wound tight the entire weekend, I think it's okay to to let yourself let your guard down for a second. Just just enjoy it. Take a few pictures. Like it, it's, it's sometimes challenging for me because as soon as you take one or you, you sign one thing, you're kind of on the hook, and it's hard to to say yes to one person. It's hard to break person. away. So it's great actually. The the HQ staff and the volunteers are always pretty good for saving us when you need to if we need to get corralled or they just see you're going to kind of get mobbed they'll they'll sort of just pull you away and be like oh yeah we need the athletes over here for a second and they'll just pull you around the corner and be like yeah you're you're safe now you're free so otherwise you could be there for an hour right so it is certainly by the end of the weekend it can get a little wearing but it's uh i think it's fun you just kind of gotta gotta deal with that it's it's like that's the fun part. You're at the, hey, you're yeah, exactly. That's where you are in life right now. It probably might not be that way when you're 67. So for oh, the, for the time it being, it's probably a pretty short window. <laughs> so you gotta got drink it in when you can. So you are in all the athletes that I talk to. I don't know how to say it, you know a little bit more loose and relaxed. Um, you know, come off as a bit more carefree or whatnot. Even when in in situations like you said at the games understandably so a lot of people tend to get wound up be it for the points the money the sponsorships the personal pride whatever it is you know there's there's a a palpable tension that most athletes succumb to and you kind of have an air about you that you're in a different camp is that an intentional focus or is that just who you are walking around every day doesn't matter um i think that to a certain degree i try to to let myself be that way. And I actively try to behave that way and convince myself that it's not a big deal. It'll keep me more relaxed. And I tend to compete better. I, like I said, I don't think you compete any better being stressed the entire weekend. In fact, I think it's the opposite. Um, I, I have a lot of experience competing in this kind of format because I competed as a gymnast for years and years. Um, and the format's the same, like what in Olympic gymnastics, you do in the men's you do six events you have an all-around score and you have individual event scores and so if you blow up on the second event of the day and your all-around score is scrapped you still can make event finals and you can still have a good competition even though you your all-around is done like you can still win four medals or five medals on the weekend like that's not it's not the end of your day so it's important I, i and i always grew up competing that way and in that atmosphere where all right, so you made a mistake, something didn't go well, but it doesn't matter anymore. And you need to be able to move forward and and focus on what you need to do next. Um, and so I, I try to keep myself as relaxed as I can just because I think it, the whole experience is more enjoyable that way. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm able to because of that experience. I don't get so wound up because I'm like, I've been there before. I know what, what this is going to be like. Um, and yeah, so I, I mean... I try my best to live that way a little bit and be be as relaxed and uh, and I don't know if carefree is the best way to put it, but uh, when I hit the competition floor, like I'm there to compete, but it's those hours right. in between when we have two hours to to be doing whatever you want to do in between events. I don't think uh, like keeping your fist clenched for two hours is gonna is gonna sure. make you a better athlete. So I don't know. I, I that's sort of my two cents on it. But so let's say this. Because this takes into account not necessarily physical capability, somebody you might want as a training partner, but more the social aspect, easy to get along with, so on and so forth. If you had to take a road trip across the country, so we're talking seven or eight days and 10 days in a car with one of the male 
games athletes do you think you just chill and easy to get along with who would it be from this year sure yeah this year um and we are not going to do any competing or crossfit along the way <laughs> exact nope it's just a road trip you're just chilling um i i probably take it like someone like josh or matt um i think like those guys are great and outside of crossfit like they're fun they're funny they're relaxed you would laugh even, a lot like, I, I got to know matt a time better this year like even through the regional and, and the games again um and like the guy's super fun and, and between the horns like he's he's not trying to tear your head off but like if you get in his way on the competition floor it might be another story right but uh yeah those guys are relaxed and, and like there are a handful of guys that are I, I hesitate to say Brent, although I know we have our, <laughs> our romance, but I feel like Brent's got a, he just functions on a different level than I do. He's a bit more uptight than I am, I think, but, uh, so I don't know how that would go. I could see his luggage being neatly packed and yours being a bit of a mess. <laughs> right, I feel like I'm just way more scattered than him and I don't know if it would work. <laughs> <laughs> Be organizing your things continually during the yeah. drive in the car. Uh, you know, you said you had a, a background in gymnastics. I'm always so curious you know we, we cover all these athletes in the sport i dig into their backgrounds and there's a tremendous amount of former female gymnasts that get into crossfit games competitions the male gymnasts are so rare what's the deal with just this extraordinarily it seems like it's just not a lot of male gymnasts out there am i interpreting that properly um like you mean just in like in the context of crossfit or i just guess that, i just i just male i just meet a tremendous amount more women that compete in gymnastics sometimes in their life it just doesn't seem like it's uh it just doesn't cross my path a lot well i think in north america gymnastics is just less of a of a a popular sport particularly men's gymnastics um and so i mean just in that regard there's just there's just less of a pool to, to dig from sure um so yeah i don't know i mean did you say there are six events there are six in men's four in women's okay guys say i know that i'm married to a former d1 gymnast so i'm very familiar with the four women's events but what what are the six men's events um so it's floor pommel horse rings vault parallel bars and high bar oh you've got the pommel horse and the rings right okay and of those six what was your wheelhouse um so the the events are kind of split like there's two running events that are like like where you do floor and vault where you have to like run and punch off of stuff there's two supporting events, which are pommel horse and parallel bars, and two hanging events, which are high bar and rings. So I was generally, again, the same – because in CrossFit, I'm, I'm so long, uh -huh. there are some things that are not easy for me. And, and uh, like the rings was really, really challenging for me because I have long levers. Strength elements become insanely difficult. But something like the high bar where I can use that length to generate power and speed, it was awesome. Like I was pretty good on high bar. I was really good on – on, um, Pommel horse and parallel bars were like two of my favorite events. Okay. Pommel horse it sort is of fascinating. Took the out of I love the pommel horse. I think it's fun. And I, everyone, the club that I competed at, I, all the men were really good on pommel horse and a lot of male gymnasts struggle with that. And I think it was just like maybe our coaches or those set up at our gym. We just, we did a lot of, uh, of that event when we were waiting for other events that the women were using, but it's great. I can still do a little bit of stuff. I, I clear the pipes every now and then and just check. <laughs> I can do something still. Uh, and it's, it's certainly not what it once was, but it's fun to, to make sure you still got it. And you said that the rings was not one of your stronger events. Is that true? Yeah, no, it was, would have been my worst event by far. 
which is interesting, right? Because all things in perspective, you know, potentially not your best event as a gymnast when that is what you're competing in. Now take it to the realm of CrossFit. And just recently you posted on your Instagram, you know, that you've been eh, maybe slacking a bit on the diet, not really hitting the gymnastics that hard. And you hopped up on the rings and did 28 unbroken ring muscle-ups. So, yeah. I mean, is that's just, you're measuring it by a different metric, I assume. Yeah, and it's one of those things. Like in gymnastics, you would never do a kipping muscle. I didn't do a kipping muscle ever until I started doing CrossFit. But, I mean, I, I understand the mechanics of a good swing and a good kip and a good, like, I, I will never be uncomfortable on rings or a bar hanging, doing whatever. If I fall out of phase, I can refine my balance. I can do any, I can do that stuff on the fly just because I grew up on, on those sorts of pieces of equipment but um it's it, yeah like it, the difference is the the movements you're doing in in competitive men's gymnastics on the rings are by far and away different and more challenging than what we're doing in crossfit um and but it's mostly the strength elements like if you were to go out and do that iron cross or something if your arms are half the length your your center of mass is closer to your right. lever that's holding the mass the mass right so it's much easier the farther away you stretch those levers the heavier that that weight's gonna feel and so it's uh it was very challenging for me to do some of those strength movements because I was just very long so somebody like Austin Maliolo who has 28 foot arms you know just disproportionately yeah. long arms he's not gonna excel on the Iron Cross I don't think it, I would be extremely <laughs> impressed if he ever managed to do it. <laughs> It's one of the things. I, I have I have residual shoulder issues from the my years competing because I I blew out my shoulders on the rings like a couple times, separated them. Um, so it's sort of like I have a bad relationship with the rings in gymnastics, but I don't mind. I'll do muscle ups. It's no problem. Like you know what's funny is I don't know how gymnastics is run, coached, etc. Everything up there in Canada. But like I said, I've, I'm familiar with it very much so here in the U.S. and it's like, you know, people will give CrossFit a hard time. Like, ah, oh, you better not do that. You're going to get hurt. You're doing deadlifts and squats, and it's crazy, man. I talk to gymnasts, and you guys take a beating when they actually open up to the laundry list of falls off the rings or eating it on the balance beam or or whatever, and then just, I mean, it's crazy. Do you? What are your bangs and bruises from gym, gymnastics? <laughs> so first, the, the important thing is to remember that <laughs> when people give CrossFit a hard time over that, um, you can look at any elite sport and just say like, this is messed up. Sure. Like every elite sport. Yeah. People are getting hurt and there's problems and that's the nature of sport. If you don't like it, don't play. So the gymnastics, yeah, like they're, you beat yourself up and the nature of the sport is that you spend like 99% of your time falling down, right. learning to do something and crashing and crashing and crashing and crashing until you finally do it right. And then you're crashing with a lot of velocity. Yeah. And like you could be crashing into the bars, crashing into the floor, like falling on your head. Like every day you spend four or five hours a day just falling. And so the the good thing about that, and this is when people ask like with uh, gymnastics background, how, how I feel about that as the background for this and why it was super beneficial. I think the biggest reason that a gymnastics background is helpful in something like CrossFit is that you a are super accustomed to training a lot and having things not be easy necessarily and failing a lot. So failure is no longer, it's not an obstacle. It's, it's part of learning. Like you, you've just grown up failing all the time, every day, nonstop. And then it was like a pleasant surprise when you did something right and, and nailed it. <laughs> right. So it, 
I think that that attitude lends itself a lot when you have to now learn a bunch of new skills and it takes time to develop the strength and whatever. Like, that's no problem. That's not a hurdle. That's just like, that's, that's it. Like we're used to that. Um, so I think that that was definitely super helpful. Yeah. Like I fell a lot in gymnastics. I had my last couple of years that I competed, I tore my ACL most of the way through on my left leg, had to rehab for a long time. And then I seppied both my shoulders on a fall on the rings. Like I got back, I rehabbed in time for nationals, separated both my shoulders, rehabbed again. And like, I spent two years kind of stagnant, not really progressing because I was just constantly rehabbing. And then I moved away for school and I, I just, I was 20 at the time and I just decided to hang it up because I said like, you know what, there's, I can find a new club and try to do this all over, but I might just, I might just retire. So that's what I did. But, um, wow. And gymnastics, like you said, is just a tremendous amount of volume hours in the gym, training, training, training again and again, which most people assume is what you're going to need to have to do to make it to the CrossFit Games or compete on any sort of a high level. You've been vocal a little bit in the past, and I'm curious if it's changed that I kind of quote, I had a quote I wrote down because I rewatched your 2017 Road to the Games video that we did on you and Fakowski, where you said something along the lines of, you don't need to be at the gym for hours and hours on end. It's more about an efficient use of time, which is kind of in contrast to what most people potentially associate with the games, which is more is better. Are you still in the, you know, keep it efficient, keep it tight, or has that changed? Yeah, I think there's a few things to keep in mind, and one of them is time of year. Um, How so? Well, the whole the whole volume thing is sort of a, I don't know. In my opinion, it's just a ridiculous mood point at this at this point. I don't I don't understand why people want to train at super high volume all the time. It's super hard on your body. I don't get and, it either. And you frankly don't need it. In my opinion, the only time you need to train at high volume is to compete at high volume, which is maybe twice a year. So I I don't think that that's valuable. I think that you're just sort of you're shutting your nervous system down. You're hurting your body. Whereas you could get, you can take the time to just ramp up your intensity. Most of what I'm doing now, when I'm working with Michelle Latondra, and most of our sessions, like this time of year, you can can be done in an hour and a half. Okay. I can go into the gym, do an hour and a half to two hours tops, and be out. And uh, so that was going to be my it. question, just for like the listeners to to define your terms. You're competing at high volume a couple times a year, so most of the year you can train at low volume. What do you? Th- consider high volume and what do you consider low volume so i mean like this time of year september through to probably january i i won't be doing two sessions a day i won't be doing a crazy amount of like i might i will maybe split things into two sessions intentionally because i don't have the time like and i and i do sometimes work out at school and then go to the box later um I could do like if we're doing a lot of weightlifting, like I might only weightlift on certain days and just put like a two-hour weightlifting session in, and that's it. That's my day. And then, but I thought days, you had to lift every single day of your life to get strong. Yeah, right. <laughs> this, this, again, like I said, we have some interesting thoughts in CrossFit that I, I'm not sure where they come from. It's like we're constantly trying to reinvent the wheel, and I, I mean, there's enough sports around that have been doing this for a lot longer than we have. So I don't think that there's any reason to not trust their training methodologies. 
Um, that's why guys like Hinshaw can come in and look at everybody and just like smack you on the head and be like, what, what are you doing? What are you thinking? You can't be doing that. Right. It is definitely true that we have to juggle a lot of different things and keep a lot of balls in the air um, when it's near competition time. But I mean, this time of year, if you're a strong guy and you've got like shitty capacity, guess what you should be doing from now until the open. Right. Like if you're the opposite, like when I first started CrossFit, I had great skills, great endurance, great like um, engine, but I was just weak. I was weak. And so like what do you do in these four or five months? Like you just weight lift a ton. Mm -hmm. And I mean retraining doesn't take as long as as your initial training process does. If you've built a certain capacity as your engine, even if you don't do anything with your with the aerobic capacity for quite a while – your first few sessions might suck, but you'll build that capacity back very quickly. So, I mean, I, I probably won't do a ton of that stuff until later, like after the new year. And it's like, all right, it's time to start getting ready for the season. And then you try to – you build a bunch of strength in the off season, and then you can shape it around that time of year and build some explosiveness and whatever. So it's kind of about finding what you need to focus more of your time on, and it's okay to put other things down. The problem is everyone says like, oh man, like I need to get stronger, so I'm gonna add this strength piece. Man, I gotta get become a better swimmer, so I'm gonna add this now, and then I'm gonna add this, and I'm gonna add this. I'm now exhausted. You've got, now you've got like ten pieces a day, and you've got no time for anything else, and you you can't even like like your body can't function at that level for very long. You're gonna do that for two weeks and and crash. Yep, intensity's so, in the toilet. Yeah. So, I mean, if at that point, like you're right, you, you're just going through the motions, like you're doing reps to do reps. Your Metcon's Metcon's taking you 40 minutes because you just like you're crawling and there's no there's no point to that. So I think it's just like, like I said, you, you, we have to stop trying to to fix what's not broken and just and just be OK with like, OK, I'm going to build my engine now for a little while and I'm going to get weaker as a result of that. And that's okay. You built up a ton of strength in the last mm -hmm. few months so that you could afford that buffer because that's just how it works. The only time you really have to do everything all at once is like before regionals, before the games. And then you've got to be able to try to run 5K and come back in and do a max snatch or something and be like, all right, can I do that? And like maybe not to the same capacity you would be able to had you not run the 5K. But it's important to know just where you're sitting moving into those events to make good decisions in game time. And I think that's one of the points in my mind, in my experience of talking to so many of you guys and, and girls, that it separates the good from the great, the games athlete from the regional competitor, however you want to say it is, a very honest self-assessment of, I'm really good at this, I can let this slide for a little bit, I'll touch it every now and then, this I'm not good at, and frankly I don't enjoy, but I'm still going to force myself to do it on a regular basis because that's where I'm hurting. And there's no, I think, yeah, people chase that secret formula. Like there's got to be something more to it than that. It's like, no, you know, identify the holes, patch, yeah. patch the holes. And you know what? Like there's nothing wrong with like, it, let's say you, you just love benching. Like, and you're a really good presser. You've got great strength. There's nothing wrong with that. Just like if you want to and you go out and you do a bunch of aerobic work, Come in and treat yourself like hit right. that bench. But like, just don't do it every day. Like, you don't need to keep hammering the stuff you're super good at. Because, and like, I get the point system rewards, event wins, and things like that. But like, I've won one event in two years. I finished third and fourth at the games. Like, right. there's not. It's not that valuable that you should be only gunning for those sorts of things. 
you, you need to be balanced and you need to be able to, and like capacity speaks to every level of the competition. Like if you've got good capacity, you'll do well everywhere. Mm-hmm. So the, the strength thing and like the high skill stuff, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't train my gymnastics skills until the open. And then I don't, I, I'll build a little bit of volume and capacity on that and then just be good. Like I said, you, you check the lines every few weeks and then you're just like, it's fine. I can put it down. And some stuff sexier than others, right? I mean, lifting's a oh, sex, yeah. sexy thing to put on. The conditioning is just a miserable no. grind. <laughs> Terrible, exactly. you Who know. Who wants to watch Instagram videos of me on the bike? Right, eight hundred meter repeats. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, for exactly. really boring, really boring. Uh, ins- you know, got to build your brand, Pat. I don't know what you're doing. You got to get yeah, a, you got to get more problem. going on. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, it's true though, and that's that's the problem. Is there there is no secret except that you just like hop on those ergs every every day you start doing intervals every day on one of those ergs i promise you your capacity is going to go up a ton and you're going to have a way better time when you go to compete it's just that's the way it works like those are the secrets and it's not a secret it's just people don't want to do it because it sucks (laughs) you know what's funny is you know multiple time games athlete matt chan who for a while ran our competitors courses through crossfit and he was giving a course in, I believe it was Colorado or Utah, basically somewhere where he, it would be his region that he competed in. And so he's laying out what it takes to be an amazing games athlete and this and that, the other thing. And somebody raises their hand with a very honest question. They're like, okay, look, I have to think you're not telling us something because why would you give us all the keys to the castle in the region that you're going to be competing against that we could possibly take your spot? Like it doesn't make sense, right? And Matt said, no problem, because I know it's so hard that most of you won't do it for more than two weeks. Because it takes that much discipline to keep doing what you're not good at and go run. Nobody wants to run the 800-meter repeats. Nobody wants to do, you know, whatever it happens to be. You want to, yep, we're going to back squat again. We're going to snatch off the blocks. This is a good time. But the stuff that really separates people, you'll do it for a couple weeks. It'll suck. And then I won't see you at regionals. You know, that's, that's the secret. Yeah. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's unfortunately it's true. It's just like, you have to, you have to be willing to do it and, and just pay up when you go to the gym. And I, I, what I've done in the last while is really, well, I've never done my own programming. I've, and I've, I've tried to, to follow, like even now with Michelle, it's super easy. I'll just show up. I do whatever is written there and I leave and I don't have to turn my brain on for one second. And it's just like, it's fine. Sometimes you read it and it really sucks and you, you don't want to do it, but it's fine. Like you, you'll survive it. You'll get through the motions. You, you get out. And it, it's, it's nice to not, if you, if you are programming for yourself, sometimes you will skip that stuff Yep. and you'll, you'll be like, Oh no, like, what are we doing tomorrow? Well, like, I don't really want to do those intervals. Like, so guess what? We're not doing that tomorrow. And I mean, but how- that's fine, but it. How do you do that? I mean, you're not, this is where a psychiatrist would have a field day, I believe, with CrossFit Games athletes is because incredibly talented, the numbers are fantastic, but what, what's behind the scenes is, an, is a willingness between the ears to just suffer or be in this miserably uncomfortable spot that most people wouldn't want to experience for 10 or 11 seconds, and you'll stay there for... Uh, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, like the ability, the ability to endure the suck is not a normal characteristic. Is that something you just had? Or did you work on that? I mean, how do you have it? I don't know. I think that, like I said before, your background is pretty important. I mean, if people have never 
played sports at a competitive level or done and it's not just sports i mean if you you have to work for things in your life like i've been in school for a long time and and it sucks sometimes you have to just put your head down and work for seven hours straight for like the next two weeks and then there's a light on the other side of the tunnel though so being goal oriented and being able to to see what you're working for and try to make it as tangible as you can with whatever small waypoints along the way is super helpful and it, like it's not i don't know if i don't know if people have this image of like we're in the basement in the dark just like <laughs> i don't know hitting ourselves on the feet with a hammer like right. it's not it's not that way like sometimes you just you need to have somebody next to you and it's way 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 better and like it just i think the more you can keep yourself focused on your goals it's easy and i don't i don't i don't find it challenging at all i don't always suffer in silence like right I'm pretty vocal and pretty cynical and i'll i'll whine a lot like i complain a lot but you still do I'm, it I'm, when we're in a workout for however long and like my self-talk in my head is not very positive. <laughs> but like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll get through it. And like, it's, I think that's just one of my coping mechanisms. It helps me sort of minimize what I'm doing maybe, but it's, yeah, I don't know. It, it's not, I, I, there's, I think there is no secret to it. It's just the more you do it, the easier it gets. Um, and you get used to, to how you, to work through those and set small goals. Like, even something as simple as like you, you've got a hundred double unders to do. How do you count your hundred double unders? Do you count to 25 times? Do you count to 50 twice? Mm-hmm. Like do you count to 10, 10 times? Like to chop things up like that, even if you're going unbroken to chop things up, it sometimes makes you just feel better. And it, it, there's, there's little tricks that you'll just sort of find what works best for you the more you do it. And it's not the same for everybody. So it's just sort of, I think you've got to, you've got to just sort of dive in head first and figure out where you fit into that scheme and figure out what works the easiest for you. And then you'll just like, you'll just develop your own kind of style of suffering and and it's fine. You know, when I, I posted on my Instagram this morning that, Hey, I'm going to, going to be interviewing Pat Vellner. What do you have for him or whatnot? And one of the questions came up, which, you know, I hear routinely, which is, Hey, you know what? Some people have it and some people don't. Like, look at this. Look at this Vellner guy. The guy's going to school. That should be enough to keep him totally busy. But no, somehow on top of going to school and probably having a life outside the gym as well, you know, he's been third and fourth the last two years in a row. He's just one of those talented guys, which I think is not fair because it just writes off hard work. But in your, in your opinion, is there some degree of validity to that? I mean, did. Do you feel like you picked up on things a little quicker than most folks? You know, you're training equally hard and you're getting a bit stronger, a bit quicker. Your times are getting a bit faster than others. Um, I don't, Kale, I, I can see it <laughs> from both sides. Uh, and I've had this conversation with some people. I had it actually recently with uh, with someone, but I, I can see it from both sides. Like I understand when people are like, well, there is, there is, there has to be something to like being super athletic and whatever. But I, I think that it's, it, to me, I learned really good habits very young. And I think gymnastics was a huge part of that. Um, when I grew up and I was even just going to high school, like I got up in the morning or before school, I went to rugby practice in the morning. I went to school all day. I went to gymnastics for four hours. I went and played lacrosse for two hours after that. Wow. Like okay. that is what a day could be like in my week. And then I get up and do the same thing a couple more days that week. So I was, I was forced to be very effective with my time. If I'm going to get schoolwork done, I have two hours available in that day that I can possibly eat and do schoolwork and I have to do them 
in the, together. So like I just was very, very efficient and I, I built good habits that way. So then moving forward, going to school uh, was not a really big deal. I, I maybe learned things quickly and obtain information better than some people. I don't know. But I, I, when it's time to do work, I can do work. And I know that I, I can't do four hours of work at once without slowing down. Mm-hmm. So I'll just work for two hours, then I'll go work out for two hours, then I'll come back and do work for two hours. And I've, I've spent six hours at maximum efficiency. So little things like that, I think, made a difference. Um, and I think it's important to remember, like, I, you, you see, I have definitely developed quickly in CrossFit, but as quickly as four years, like sure. I, I started, I started at like the start of 2013, basically right before the open would have been when I just started, but it's not like I didn't do anything before that. My years of playing lacrosse and doing gymnastics, that right. stuff doesn't disappear. So I had already good capacity and skills coming in. And so it, it, it's like, yeah, like I, I, I learned quickly. Like what did I learn a muscle up quickly? Like, yeah, I could already fucking do one. I learned it right. when I was five. <laughs> Like I've been doing them forever. So it's some, some stuff just, yeah, it came super quickly, but it's, it's not because I didn't do the work. I just did the work 10 years ago mm-hmm. and it's already, it's still there. Like it's all just the underlying infrastructure all still exists. Um, and I've had the argument with people about the one that we get all the time is that gymnastics is the best background, um, that exists in CrossFit. And I'm so lucky that I was a gymnast and it like just dumb that, luck. That irritates me a little bit because I think it's people don't think about it um, enough because to me, the reason people are envious of gymnastics or gymnasts in CrossFit is because we have skills Um, and skills can be learned at any time. You can practice skills all day, every day if you want to Mm -hmm. at home, at the gym, you can do it, whatever you want. You can find drills. You can, if you have the will to learn a skill, it should not take you very long. Um, interesting yeah you're right but if you want but like let's say when i started when i retired from gymnastics i could probably back squat 185 gotcha because in gymnastics like you don't use your legs at all like you have prosthetic legs they haven't haven't, they haven't done anything for 15 years so for me to build from a a 185 back squat to like a a four and a half hundred back squat how many years does that take wow is is that what you've done over the course of about four years yeah. So that, that takes time and you can't just come into the gym and back squat every day and think you're going to get somewhere, mm-hmm. but you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to back squat heavy every day. Good luck with that. Right. You're going to blow your joints up. Your body's going to shut down. But if you can't do a handstand, when you come into the gym before you warm up or in your warm up, do handstands. Sure. When you're done and you're cool down, do handstands. When you go home, do handstands. When you're at the park with your girlfriend, do handstands. You can do them all the time. And it just come at a certain point, you'll develop a little bit more comfort and you can do it. So to me, it's sort of like if you really had the will, like Matt Fraser is a great example, a phenomenal athlete, obviously. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say that he's – it's because of this. Like he obviously works super hard. But if you come in with a good weightlifting and strength background and all you've got to do is build some skills, you can do that in one year. Gotcha. You can learn you, to walk on you your hands. Really, if you really want to learn some skills in one year and de- and actually dedicate yourself to doing it and maybe put the weights down a little bit and do things like that, oh, 100%. But it can take you a long time to build to build relevant strength. Like I was still a good athlete when I couldn't squat like over 400 pounds. But to, to then be at a point where at a regional event, if a strength event comes up, I'm not going to take a last. Yep. 
it takes years to do that. So now I'm at a point where I'm, I, I'm at least relevant. Right. <laughs> still not going to win them after four years still. And that's been like my primary focus since I started CrossFit. But I, I, I'm still, I'm fine. Like I'll, I'll survive them. I can weather the storm. Yep. Yep. So yep. it's an interesting, like the grass is always greener. I think when you look at that sort of stuff and people always want to give themselves the harder go, no one wants to say that they've got it easy. Correct. So I under, I understand that like from for certain things, it definitely was super beneficial. And like I was saying before, for things like I'm, I have no problem training a, a lot. I have no problem with failure. Like I have no problem with my body awareness and taking cues from a coach. I've been doing that sort of stuff since forever, as long as I can remember. So that's all supernatural. I did learn to weightlift pretty quickly and understood movements quickly because of my background. But you can understand it all you want. But like if the weights don't move, they don't move. And so yeah. that's, that takes a lot of work and a lot of time. So anyway, it's, it's sort of like setting Patience. That's people want oh, to be really good, really fast. I think that is a potential problem. Yeah. You know, as you see what everyone else is doing, and I want to have it all, and I want to have it all next week. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Good luck with that. And that then, that's that's the problem, though. Is then you, that's you just get hurt, and it's so easy to get sucked into that, particularly because most of the media that we have in CrossFit is social media. Yep. So you're looking at everybody's highlight reels all day, every day. And it's easy to get sucked into it and sucked in, but I don't know. It's, you got to kind of tune out and just, that's what like I said before, just setting your own kind of goals and making sure at the start of the year, you kind of decide what direction am I going to go? What do I need to do the most work on? And just like, you got to tune it out. It's fun to watch sometimes. I, I still tune in and look at people and wonder how the hell I'm ever going to beat that guy. But like, it's fine. You will. I was going to say, do you, you know, flip through the old social medias? Or you just try to tune that out. Oh, of course I do. <laughs> awesome. It's like a reality show. People are spectacular. <laughs> like, people are amazing. And it's super impressive. Mm -hmm. But I think you just have to remember it and take it with a grain of salt that it's, this isn't exactly reality. Mm -hmm. You can create so, a very, yeah, exactly. Uh, a wonderful facade. Like yeah, exactly. You can be whoever you want to be on your social media. So you are still currently in school, correct? I am. Kinesiology? I'm taking chiropractic. I'm in my third year. I actually start taking patients in May. I'll be treating patients in May. Oh, really? Yes. And when are you done, done? Uh, May of the next year. May of so the next year. So we do one year, one year in, in clinic, like supervised, and then uh, we're out after that. So May 2019. Okay, so school full-time or what's the part-time yeah yeah same as everyone else okay There's no we don't have the option to split it up at all and stretch the program in this one okay so perfect full-time school and yep uh, third and fourth place finished the last two years at the game so just give me the quick the quick rundown of the normal day where you have to attend school and train to just put a canadian shoe up fraser's butt next year <laughs> Um, so it depends cause we have, uh, we have like some days we'll have labs or small group things that are mandatory and you need to attend. And if I have like Tuesdays, I think are my longest day. I usually have six or seven hours of like mandatory class. Okay. So then I'm, I'm getting home at like, I'm going to class at for 8am and I'm getting home. My last class ends at five and then I'll go to the gym after that and try to just do a couple hours of work and then maybe come home and eat and try to do like an assignment maybe 
but usually that's a long day and I'll, I might just tune out by the time I get home. Yeah, I would think so. Um, and then other than that, we try to like, I don't go to lectures, honestly, probably bad to say it. Like, <laughs> sorry, everyone. But if you have, if we have a lecture that I don't need to attend, I just don't. I'll take that time to do other work. Even if I, even if that other work is that same course opening the same, same PowerPoint that's going to be presented on in class. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you can just work through the material at double the speed of the instructor who's teaching a full class. And then I, I end up with an extra hour of, of time that I can dedicate to something else. So I'll try to knock out some assignments, do some, some lectures or things like that. Um, or if I have a couple hour window, I might go, there's a gym at our school, just pretty basic but i can do my weightlifting and stuff there and like very limited conditioning pieces okay so sometimes i'll go do an hour and a half there or an hour there and then i'll just go back to class after that i'll shower go back to class and then so that's when sometimes i'll split it into two sessions but yeah so basically i I just i bank all the time in lectures that i don't need to attend and i i try to use it as effectively as i can to either do my training or my schoolwork and then I'll just usually by like five or six p.m. I'm pretty spent, and I'm I'm if I'm training in the evening, so. I'll be back later. But I don't get a I don't get much done in the evening. Once it's like eight o'clock, I don't do anything. Like there's Man. no. I like. It seems like since you were a little kid, you've been jamming as much as humanly possible <laughs> into every hour and schedule of your day. I think some people, or people look at it and think it's super impressive, but it's just kind of been reality for as long as i can really remember so i don't know i don't know anything else like i don't know what else to do so when i don't have anything to do i feel like i almost get anxious like i need to try to find something to fill my time with so um, is there a burnout phase or do you ever just like i need a break man this is killing me no like this isn't even bad when i was in like high school it was really bad and i sometimes look back at that and i don't know how i managed to pull that off and and still be successful or like alive but uh it's fine and i I tell people like i I still find time to watch netflix every day so i can't be that busy what are you enjoying on netflix (laughs) i'll just like watch the office or something for like 20 minutes before i go to sleep and it's it's all good pure gold absolute pure whatever happened in the day is all good after that it's just relax me and i'll just shut it down sleep like a baby (laughs) and yeah i don't know it's not uh, it's not as bad. I think it, it comes down to that habits and efficiency, the turnover time. Like if you if it takes you two hours or an hour to turn over from one doing one thing to another thing, then that takes up time in a day. But if I'm just at school and I can go to the gym there, then go back to class, then I, I live a 10 minute walk from school, walk home, like eat, go back to the gym, do whatever you can. I can turn over pretty fast and reset. So I can get a lot done. Man, so this you know efficient day, this accomplishing a lot in school at the games and whatnot. You know, it's a very popular topic these days in social media or with everybody that I talk to. They're either, you know, they're reading books about uh, the mental side, they're reading books about focus, they're reading books about your why, they're reading books about you know being the better you, any of that stuff. Are you wrapped into any of that? Because with all your accomplishing. I would think that you are, but potentially it's just a habit that's been in your bones for a while. Yeah, I'm not really. I, I, <laughs> a lot of those books are like, they're cute, but I, I don't know. Make I, a great doorstop. I, I read some in school a couple of years ago for like, a, I took like a motivational psychology class 
and the, the readings were all those pop psych books and uh they're fun reads I'll, I'll read some occasionally but i don't think it it i don't think that they ever tell you anything that you couldn't have figured out if you just actually sat there and thought about it for a sec like they're all fairly no duh moments mm-hmm. when they it's yeah it's like well the more things you take out of your own hands like the more the more energy you're going to have to do your work. It's like, well, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> right. <laughs> like a lot, a lot of, a lot of it I find is having read some of them. It's stuff that either I've already been doing for a long time or kind of just makes so much sense that I don't even think of it as like a Eureka moment. Sure. It's just like, okay. Yeah, obviously. Okay. Well, point I'm glad. I mean, hopefully that they help a lot of people and I'm glad that they do. And maybe it's just that, with my different coaches I've had growing up and through the years, I've kind of just developed that stuff or, or had it imposed on me early. Um, and like with my family and whatnot, like we're all really busy and, and pretty successful in the things that we do. So I think we just kind of grew up in that atmosphere and we're lucky that way. And so it's just been the way we've been for a long time. So you're doing a lot of things right, but now I want to know, and it'll be a two-part question. Number one, where do you think you can really improve inside the walls of the gym and then where do you think you can really improve your life outside the walls of the gym so let's start inside the gym what is you know what's Vellner focusing on as 2018 rolls around um the easy answer is to say swimming i was hoping but, you were going to bring that up because i was going to I, uh, <laughs> this year actually was kind of that was my most frustrating moment this year just because let me let I me actually... let me let me cue in the listeners here you know so <laughs> you know last year you crushed it at the games made the podium but your worst finish here, as I, as I look at the leaderboard, was 35th on the ocean swim. So now, you know, we come back, and I remember, you know, I'm staring at the camera on CBS this year at the games out there in Wisconsin. I'm like, hey, you know, take a look at Pat Vellner. This kid made it to the podium last year. He knows what he needs to work on. The run, swim, run, he's going to just, he's going to annihilate that. Finish 36. I was like, Dah! Well, I was wrong on that one. Yeah. So what? I didn't mean to make you look dumb on no, that. No, 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 no. It's but I'm always curious. Obviously, that's uh, that was not your intention there, and I have to stand there and make assumptions as to what I think happened. But now I can ask from the horse's mouth, what happened? Well, that was just like I. I it was frustrating for me because I know how exactly how it looked, and it looked like I couldn't swim last year, and I spent a year not swimming, and, I couldn't <laughs> swim this year. and like that's just kind of shitty. Untrue. But. uh I swam a lot this year and I'm actually like reasonably proficient swimmer now, but it just, I, I took the wrong strategy. I, I blew myself up and I started to race too early in the water. Gotcha. Um, I'm a good runner. So the plan for me was like, try to get near the front in the run. And then at the very least, if you hit the water and you have to swim slow, people will have to swim around you and you're just an obstruction, right. <laughs> which is fine. Uh, and then when you get out, try to pass people on the run again. But, uh, yeah, I just I think the mass starts affect me a little bit, and I've done a few since the games, and done much better with just feeling more comfortable in that mm-hmm. in that thrashing crowd. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think I just I, I I had bad I both my legs cramped up about halfway through the swim. Oh. So I, like it turned from a race to a survival thing real quick, and uh, yeah, I think I just I needed to to take more time, maybe run a little slower, maybe, but maybe just take more time in the water before I started swimming and racing. Like I could have breaststroked like a hundred meters and then started racing. But it's just when you're caught up in it, I got sucked in and mm-hmm. I halfway through the swim just like self-destructed. And it was like, I had one leg go and was like, Oh, this is going, this is bad news. And then was having a really hard time getting back into rhythm. And then my other leg cramped up 
and then it felt like the markers were getting farther and farther away and it was just uh yeah so it was tough and then I couldn't I couldn't run well after the swim either because my legs were just all messed up and it was just it was that was a very frustrating way to start the game it was exactly the start that you wanted yeah exactly right you know because it, it makes for such an incredible comeback story <laughs> yeah it is it's funny though I mean com- contrasting my last year to this year um I was I was very successful last year because every decision I made panned out for the better. It's like every time I rolled the dice, everything was coming up Valner. Like it wasn't in events that I was should not have been maybe as as good as I placed. Um, I just really maximized my points and really made like pushed the the envelope where I had to and and didn't fail reps and got like soup as close to the sun as I could. Mm-hmm. And then just it was good. It worked out well. Um, and this year it felt like every time I, I had to take a gamble, um, and roll the dice on something, I just, I, I exploded and it was like, I couldn't win. I could not win a, a gamble every time. Like I, again, same, same analogy. I'd be flying close to the sun and just go down <laughs> and fall fire. Right. So it was, uh, it was a very different environment. Good on you because I believe a lot of athletes, and not a lot, but it's easy to play it safe, right? Especially when it's on the line and walk off the field going, damn it, I had about 5% more, but I didn't know I had it. So the fact that you yeah. let the speed wobbles come in and fell a couple times, man, that's how you learn. Well, and, it, and last year, like I said, everything was went really smoothly, but I left feeling kind of that way. It's like, well, I, I was amazing. I finished third, and I think it's because I was fairly conservative in a lot of places, and I never made a mistake. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things that I reflected on from last year. I mean, like, you know what? Um, like, you can win events. Like, you can push for top fives. And I think I was in the top ten all the time last year, but I was in, like, ninth the entire time. Like, mm-hmm. eighth or ninth the whole way through. And I was like, man, you need to reel some of that in. It's okay. Like, don't be scared or intimidated to try to attack a workout. Um, and so this year I just sort of tried to 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 play to win a little bit. And uh, it works sometimes and sometimes it doesn't. And that's that's kind of the beauty of competition, in my opinion, is like the fitter you are and the more prepared you are for the competition, you stack the odds in your favor. But there's no guarantees. That's why we sure. have the competition. So a guy like you look like a guy like Ricky this year, um, he could do no wrong. Like he was me last year. Mm-hmm. He just anytime he took a decision and and did something, it worked. And it was awesome. It was it's great to see. Like that's that was that's what it takes. Like execution and competition, like he was, he nailed it. Right. And, and I mean, that's what it takes. The, the winner should be the, the athlete that executed the competition the best. So, I mean, like I look at that and it's like, fuck, like I, I shouldn't have beat him. I, I deserve to be in fourth because I, I just, I, I didn't execute a lot of times. I took, I took a little, some gambles and they blew up in my face and it felt like the competition, I'd sort of generate a little momentum and then blow up one, and then generate a little momentum, then blow one up again, and it was it was frustrating, really frustrating. But I think it was a good learning experience to have in the competition. It's the only way you learn is through mistakes. Yeah, and to have that happen and still have the competition on the whole end up the way it did is super reassuring, um, and and good. So I mean, I, I I need to I need to fix to go back to the circle back to the question of what I'm going to do inside the gym for next right. years. Like I, I'm just going to try to be a little bit reckless in training occasionally in certain workouts, get used to that a little bit and mm-hmm. just dial in some of that small stuff and make sure execution is, is on. I, I'm typically very good uh, executing 
in competition. Again, I think my background lends itself to that. Like the pressure doesn't really affect me as much. I'm used to it. Right. But uh, I, I just like, yeah, to make sure that, you know, no matter what, like I missed my second snatch at the games this year. Um, and like by the time the regionals roll around, I want to be able to hit that number in the dark when I wake up in the morning. Mm hmm without a problem and like that to make sure that you can do that going in will just give you more confidence and, and like i said stack the deck in your favor a little bit i love it man absolutely and you should again you should be so proud you did amazing at the games and to be able to battle to say to me hey i just made so many mistakes i had so many blunders so many things went wrong and all of that led to you being the fourth fittest person in the world like you see a games full of you know much more mistakes than the year before and you're still in the top five that's a tremendous achievement you know which which then begs the question if if things if you improve yet another year and, and run a, a cleaner race you know who knows what will happen which is it's great yeah i mean that's that's the thing i mean i think i left last year not sure where i actually stacked up it's kind of overwhelming to come in in one year and then i finish on the podium and it was it was weird like i I didn't really know how to react to it. And all year I wasn't sure how to feel about the whole thing. You were in good company on the podium there. Yeah, exactly. Right. But that, like, I, who, who am I? Like, I had no idea what, what, how to deal with that. So this year, I think, um, after the way this competition went, like I would say the, the competition went kind of poorly for me and I finished fourth at the games, which is exceptional like there's mm -hmm. a lot of people who trace places with me but what Absolutely. that does for my confidence next year it shows that like there's no reason why i should aim any lower than the podium like that's 100 percent attainable um and that should be my goal is to finish on the podium again and like there's no the what it's not luck it does nothing to do with it like you're that's any aiming anything less would be would be cheating myself like, and like i agree yep i agree so anyway i think that that's a good it was a good experience I, on the whole. It was frustrating, and I think it's easy to look back and say, like, ah, what could have been? But I think it was, on on the whole, a very good experience uh, to have for moving forward. Um, and then what was the other one? Was what yeah, the other one was, you know, you, you seem like this crushing it, crushing it at school, crushing it at the game. <laughs> this guy, you know, knows how to schedule his days. He's doing a lot more than I am with my life. He's got it all together. He's got no flaws, no holes. So what, you know, your regular human, what outside the walls of the gym in your regular life is an area that you're like, you know what, this is a, this is a deficiency that I need to work on a little bit. I think one of the problems that I have right now, particularly since CrossFit's taken up such so much space in my life in the last couple of years, um, is just that like I'm selfish. Mm -hmm. I'm super selfish with my time, with like anything. Like I just I, I do a lot of things for myself, and I think that um, even just being in better contact with like my family, like my girlfriend, spending more time with them would be a good goal for this year. But can you be an exceptional athlete and not be selfish to some degree? I think that you do need to be selfish to some degree, but again, I think it might just it might just come down to times of the year. Like when it's after regionals, like yeah, like that might just be the way it is and and we have to be okay with that and I'm sorry in advance kind of thing. Right. But <laughs> I I think that maybe following the games and like in this time of year like it's time to send out some cards and like go see some people and have those dinners that you've been missing and go do that stuff and, and get your friends together and do that. Like I do a reasonably good job with it at school, but the more I'm traveling now I'm I'm missing a lot of stuff. And I think it just, 
to try to like it, it takes a lot of people to make it work. Mm-hmm. So to just make sure that everybody feels appreciated to the degree that they should and that they deserve. I think that's uh I think that's an excellent, excellent call. Is so you've got about a year left in school, and then you'll be out practicing, I assume, in the chiropractic field. Yeah. Do you feel By year and a half kind of of school still? Okay. Do you feel once this is you know, some some CrossFit athletes these days are putting their careers on hold to focus on the games and whatnot. It does not sound like that's the route that you're going. Do you think you'll be able to be a full-time chiropractor and still be somebody that we're talking about in the field of CrossFit? So when I graduate, I'll be just shy of 29. Just over so, the hill. Like I'm not young. Like I know <laughs> I, people are people are because I just kind of popped in on the radar. Right. You have a lot of the new games athletes coming up are like 20 or 21 and whatnot, right? Like people are insanely young and super fit. Right. But I, that's just not how I did it. Like I've done a lot of things in my life already, and I don't regret a single one of them. But I I just like have not been doing CrossFit since as young as a lot of mm-hmm. people. So I. I think that if I if I graduate in 2019 and go to the 2000 let's say I go to the 2019 games, um, I could maybe justify taking a year and working part time to train and try to do like one hurrah year and go for it just to see how uh, good you could be if it was your sole focus. Yeah, but I I think I would still need to work a little bit because I wouldn't feel comfortable taking a full year off of of treating and then coming back and, and being competent because it's a field where like you use your hands and it's, it's very, it's, it's manual therapy. I would, I would want to stay somewhat fresh and keep my skills sharp. So I would probably work a couple of times. Let's, let's say I work two days a week out, out of a gym. Like I, I rent a space out of a gym and right. treat people there, whatever. Um, I could make that work and, and try to do like one more year. And then, I don't know. I, I think I, at a certain point you need to, move on with your career. And, and I don't think that CrossFit is a career for me. Um, and I also don't think that in this age coming up now that CrossFit games athletes are going to have the longevity that they have had in the past. Mm-hmm. So you see now some of the guys like Ben or, or people like, um, uh, Ben's a great example. Yeah. Or, or uh, Becca Voigt. Becca Voigt. Yeah. Who, who've been, been around forever, like eight, nine years streaks. Right. That's exceptional, but I think it's it's going to become a, a thing of the past. Uh, the, the the volume and the intensities, the the levels just come up so high that I don't think that there's enough longevity. It's going to beat you up a little bit more, particularly if you're shooting to win. I think that if you want to just scrape into the games and just compete at the games and not really try to make too much noise, mm-hmm. you might be able to have a longer run. But if you want to try to be on the podium and that's what you're shooting for every year you're you're going to have a shorter window. You might only have a four-year window to compete at that level. So let's say everything goes super well and it's puppies and rainbows for the next three years. Right. Like I've got I've got a five-year – that's a five-year streak of individual and one year of team before. Like that's six years of CrossFit Games. Like right. that's a lot. It's a and lot. And I think at that point it might be time to just like – to take it and be and be happy with what you've had and then move on to a different phase of my life. Um, and not that I haven't ex- enjoyed this so far and sure. I'm sure I will continue to enjoy it. I just think it's sort of like it's, it's a phases of life thing and I'll have oh, to work. I, 
then I'll work a grown-up job for a bit. <laughs> like, oh, say it isn't so. <laughs> but, uh, and it's interesting. I've, I've been asked what, like, let's when I stop competing or stop trying to compete at the games, how am I going to deal with that? Like, am I still going to be able to do CrossFit or am I still going to be able to be a recreational athlete? Mm-hmm. And I actually don't know the answer to that question. I think that it's tough. It's really tough. And I know people who've done different other sports and they – at a super high level, like national team levels and, and cannot do it anymore because it's just frustrating to know what you have been capable of and what you could be capable of and just be sort of limited by, because you're just like, you don't want to put right. yourself that anymore. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, I'm sure I'll you still probably still always in. have that little competitive bug in you oh, I'm sure somewhere, you know, just, you got to figure out how you scratch that itch. Cause I don't know if I want to be like, pumping people in the group class and just celebrating i don't know if i want to be that guy i'm here to tell you the one workout a day it's a wonderful it's where i am it's a wonderful place to be but you you games athletes or gymnasts or whatever you're a different breed i mean i don't know when this show is going to this podcast is going to publish but you know we're in just started the team series and i'm going to do the team series with my wife which you know will have its pros and cons on, on various levels but you know, she was a Division One gymnast, went to the games right. at 13 and 14, and I was like, hey, you know what, like, do the team series with me. And she's like, yeah, okay. And I was like, great, you know, it'll be a lot of fun. We should do the scale division. She's like, we're not doing the scale division. We're doing the prescribed <laughs> division, and we're going to try you really hard. With the, with the husband-wife teams, too. <laughs> I was like, can't we just do scale? And she's like, nope. And I was like, oh, man, I should have known better than to choose some crazy X Games athlete that, you know, let's just have some fun. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't know. Do I – so let's say years down the road I'm just doing group classes and whatever and I'm, I'm just getting getting crushed by, like, some kid who's, like, 18. Mm-hmm. And I just, like – they're like, aren't you Pat Valner? Like, aren't you supposed to be fit? Like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm in a different season in my life, you little whippersnapper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, back, man. Back in my day, exactly. I would something. Happens to the best of us. Well, but, hey. Uh, so we'll see. I, I don't pretend to know the future and what's going to happen. I, I'll move probably once I graduate, and then we'll figure out what what the future holds from there. But I don't know. Well, the, the rest of us, myself included, will be eagerly watching what that is, and we wish you the best, man. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving me some time this morning, Pat. I appreciate no it. For now, I'll still be around. So. All right. Well, hey, when uh, when this podcast is super popular, we'll have you on about 100 episodes later and check back in. <laughs> okay, sounds good. All right, man. Thanks a lot. Cheers, buddy. There you have it. Straight from the horse's mouth, Pat Vellner. The guy is just chill, easy to talk to, takes the competition seriously, but doesn't take himself too seriously. He's, he's, he's enjoying the process, not getting wound up working hard in school, working hard in the gym. And I love the lesson that you can be an incredible athlete like he is without just grinding yourself for four hours a day in the gym, 365 days a year, which is probably not sustainable or desirable for most of us. And he's and he's making it happen. I love his outlook. I love his attitude. I love his honesty about how this last year at the games, he took a bunch of chances, a bunch of things went wrong, and he still just persevered, hung in there, and absolutely killed it, walked away with fourth place. So got a lot out of that podcast. I hope you guys did too. And I will talk to you all next time, most likely joined once again by the incredibly handsome Rory McKernan.